0: Think you know Amazon? Think again. Did you know you can get a seasonal warehouse job offered today? You don't even need to interview. That means you can make extra cash before the holidays. You can even pick your own payday. And seasonal jobs can lead to full-time, regular employment. You'll be amazed by what you can get as an Amazon warehouse associate. To learn more about all the benefits of working a seasonal job at Amazon, go to amazon.com slash hourly. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. This show is part of the Stuff Podcast Network.
1: This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan and this week it's book 67 and it is The Parent Plot. Not <gasps> trap. Not trap, everybody. No,
0: yes. Emphatically not trap, especially because one of the twins is basically doing the opposite of The Parent Trap, so it definitely mm. wouldn't work.
1: Oh my, yeah. One of the twins is reaching new peaks of peculiarness. It's the only. Just. I don't even know how to describe her attitude in this book and how unconvincing it feels but uh, we'll, we'll have to
0: give it a go i suppose <laughs> we can but try
1: well we will start off with some taglines and blurbs and uh they're good listeners <laughs> they are good this week so the cover tagline is the battle is
0: on <gasps> very dramatic love it And the back tagline, please. So it's one of these classic two-word ones, uh, which would also make a great title, I feel like. And it is simply Scheming Sisters.
1: They certainly are. (laughs) I mean, actually, they're both scheming. I was going to say one is scheming more than the other, but to be honest, they're kind of doing equal amounts of scheming. There's
0: definitely, yeah, equal shares of scheming going on here, just with very different um, goals in mind. (laughs) Very
1: (laughs) different. Well, as you'll hear when... uh, when I read you this um this blurb. Okay. Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield's father is running for mayor of Sweet Valley. Mm-hmm. The twins are hard at work in his campaign, but they're taking opposite sides in an even bigger contest. A contest to bring romance into their parents' lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh that God. sounds so unhealthy. So strange. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Mr. and Mrs. Wakefield separated only recently, like a fucking week ago. Literally a matter of days. Yes. Jessica thinks it's time for them to start dating other people. And <laughs> she's going to make sure that's exactly what happens. But Elizabeth is just as determined to get her parents back together. She's thinking up some romantic schemes of her own. It's Jessica versus Elizabeth.
0: And may the best twin win. <laughs> It's very RuPaul at the end there isn't it, is, it? Isn't it? <laughs> Wakefields start your engines <laughs> I love it oh my god
1: <laughs> well uh the cover I think is worthy of this uh, dramatic blurb can you describe it
0: please <laughs> I can indeed so it's it's both twins again and I feel like this is like the third kind of twin face-off kind of storyline and cover that we've had oh, isn't it
1: yeah we've had a few we have mm.
0: like power play okay. was the two of them and then taking sides was like the was that- running over jeffrey yeah, french we- Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in this one actually yeah they're not actually looking at each other in this one so it's less of a face off and more of a glaring into the camera and in, mm. in, in liz's case anyway <laughs> so um yeah so it's the twins standing back to back and liz is she looks quite different. I don't know, is it just because it's like she has no makeup on or something? Mm. She does um, look very
1: different. I would not have thought Liz. Like, she's got a fridge, for one.
0: True, yeah. Um, but it's like she's kind of nearly squinting at the camera. Like, she's glaring mm. that much that her eyes just don't look like they normally <laughs> do. She looks very cross. Um, which isn't usually the expression uh, on a Wakefield's face on these covers. Um, so, yeah. breaths in place, as ever. Of course. And she's wearing this kind of, like, yellow loose shirt thing like it looks like something Alice probably would be wearing (laughs) given that we're in like 1990 but um look I mean it could be a silk blouse you know it probably is and I I don't know why I keep forgetting to mention that it of course is probably a silk (laughs) (laughs) blouse she has her arms folded and yeah is just kind of glaring to camera and then Jess on the other side is also in silk uh but it's more like a a tank top kind of a Mm turquoise tank top I'm sure it sets off her eyes perfectly um (laughs) so she is kind of smirking to camera she's kind of got her her hand under her chin uh looking like she's up to something which she pretty much always is of course and yeah just kind of yeah like a self-satisfied kind of smirk to camera the hair is all very wavy and flowy compared to Liz's which is all like the fringe and the barrettes and quite stiff looking so yeah so it's it's quite a a good representation I guess of the twins in general. True a study um, in contrasts.
1: Mm, Yes very much so. And also Jessica is a scheming smug bitch in this whole book. (laughs) (laughs) Quite an accurate depiction of her uh, general vibe in the parent plot. That's
0: true it's a very accurate cover yeah.
1: Well, you will we'll find out just how scheming she is when we uh when we get going on this dramatic tale. Which I've got to say, there's a lot going on in here, and
0: there was so much stuff I was not expecting. I have to say, (laughs) turns were taken, and it was very exciting.
1: possibly thinking of the same turn involves it. I'm not actually I'm not going to say anymore because okay. I cannot
0: spoil this for our listeners hmm. but, uh, for once the book hasn't spoiled it on us that's good actually <laughs> I'm
1: genuinely surprised it didn't because yeah. considering the last couple they've been you know including things that happened in the last 10 pages of the book
0: I'm surprised truly or something that happens like in two books time because oh. these are kind of like a set these, mm. these, these last three books are kind of like a little trilogy, trilogy. yeah it's an arc that definitely goes across the three of them. So, yeah. The
1: first time. Well, it all starts uh, in the Cassadale Wakefield and it's a normal morning apart from one thing. Ned is not there. Oh. So you might recall, listeners, that the last book ended on a kind of positive note that basically Ned and Alice were talking again. You know, they were on good terms. He was coming over for brunch and stuff, but you know, he's still living in his depressing divorce apartment.
0: (laughs) His beige apartment with the stains on the carpet. (laughs) He's still there. The vibes are terrible.
1: (laughs) Very much so. So Liz is really struck by the fact that, you know, everything's the same as usual apart from the lack of Ned. Mm. And we get a recap of the, the, you know, the previous two books, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Liz is worrying that Ned is so busy with his campaign that he hasn't had time to, you know, sort things out with us. So, you know, he's he's really throwing himself into this mayoral race. And Jess reminds Alice that she and Liz are going to the campaign office after lunch. And Alice is all like, "Okay, that's nice. Liz thinks tact was not Jessica's strong suit. In fact, Jessica didn't believe in subtlety at all. I mean, (laughs) that's putting it mildly.
0: It's an understatement for sure. Yes, very much
1: so. So we get the twin comparison and Liz offers to stay home with Alice instead of going to the campaign office. But Alice insists she goes in because she knows that Ned needs their help. And as they head to to school, because um, they're going to go to the office after school, Liz is thinking about how much she wishes she could, you know, contrive a reunion between her parents. Well, Jessica just blathers on without a care in the world. <laughs>
0: Just, I mean, yeah, it literally would kill her to ever react like a normal person in any given situation. Really would. She's just like, we're
1: leading and school and going to Lisette's. Doesn't give a shit about the family crisis. (laughs) So at school, Liz is greeted by Winston. And uh, Liz notices that, quote, the usual impish sparkle was missing from his eyes. Oh, (laughs) and why could
0: that be? Poor Winston, he's worried about Maria, um, because of course him and Maria Santelli are an item and have been for a good while now, (laughs) Um, so because of course Maria's dad had to drop out of the race, which was, that was, was that two books ago? Yeah, it was, yeah. Jesus. Um, (laughs) So basically the kids at Sweet Valley High are, you know, typically being their usual fucking bunch of dickhead selves (laughs) and uh, are kind of like just not talking to her and acting like assholes around her because... Like her dad was accused of taking a bribe or whatever. And everyone's way too invested in this mayoral campaign, to be (laughs) honest. But yeah, he's feeling down because um, just because Maria isn't um, is kind of being treated like an outcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Those are his literal words. The the kids in this school are such pricks.
0: (laughs) Truly, like they're just the worst.
1: (laughs) So awful. So Liz has an idea for something that might distract Maria. And she wonders uh,
0: what Winston thinks of it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a terrible idea, but I'm surprised Maria goes for it. (laughs) Yeah, she suggests that maybe Maria would have fun helping out Ned's campaign. And it's like, surely that's the fucking last thing she would want to do. But Winston's like, oh, you know, maybe it's worth a shot. Um, Yeah, so she's like, yeah, look, I'll I'll give it a go. I'll I'll see her in French class and I'll ask her then. So I guess they seem to think it's a good idea. And uh, yeah, weirdly, so does Maria.
1: (laughs) Yes, she says, as long as you don't mind being associated with me, the sort of, you know, dark humour way so uh yes she's joining the crew and later the girls turn up at the campaign office where they meet amanda mason she's a pretty young attorney don't you know
0: see <laughs> any kind of attorneys they have it's like her and mariana west are just <laughs> the, two say. Hot, the two hot gals in sweet valley <laughs> at least
1: Mariana hasn't turned up oh there'll be fireworks there no doubt
0: do you know there actually will be fucking ructions now if Mariana was on the scene that would be Jesus that's the fucking subplot we needed (laughs) No. Um,
1: and another, so Amanda and another one of Mr. Wakefield's aides, Ramon Valdez, uh, yeah. in, invite them to, you know, start s- stuffing envelopes, basically, which mm. I think both of us have uh, done in our oh, truly, campaigning days. All, all this all
0: this campaign office stuff was just pure flashbacks to like oh. <laughs> the together vs offices and fucking...
1: bouncing, yeah.
0: Oh, God, counting out badges and sticking them in envelopes. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I was going to say happy days. They weren't. They were very stressful. <laughs>
0: Extremely stressful days. It was all fine in the end, but it was not that much fun at the time. No.
1: <laughs> a lot of very nice people were involved. But, uh, True, yeah. yeah. Quite backbreaking as well.
0: You're it was tiring ha- stuff, yeah. yeah.
1: You're sta- hunched over tables mm. full of stuff. Uh, well, I mean, the Wakefields are young and vibrant, so they don't
0: seem to- <laughs> Have a problem. plenty of energy exactly. they're not like us two old hags <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
1: so they settled down to work and they're joined by Terry Knapp and whose
0: nephew could he be? So he's the nephew of this shady Mr. Knapp. Um, John Knapp. we get his name? John, John Knapp, yeah. yeah. So he's the guy that approached Ned back along oh. with um, Hank Patman to get him to run for mayor in the first place. So he's like his, uh, he's his advisor yeah. uh, on the campaign. But yeah, he's a bit, a bit shady. We're not sure about him. And Terry, it's weird with Terry actually, because I don't think there's a single like description or like characteristics thrown out for Terry. So I literally have no idea what age he is, what he looks like. Yeah. Like, we know nothing about Terry. And it's really weird for a character to be introduced and not to even get like an eye colour or like a throwaway mention of what colour his hair is, or if he's tall or <laughs> anything. So it's like, Very true for these books. he might as well be like a balloon with a face drawn on it, because we just have <laughs> no idea what he's like at all.
1: <laughs> and his only characteristic really is being able to point out that his uncle's a uh, dick.
0: Pretty much, yeah. That's his That's his purpose there. And yeah, it's just so weird that I just, I can't picture him because we're given zero details about him.
1: <laughs> well, he, he uh, like Elizabeth, thinks that his uncle is very pushy and overbearing. And when he, knap, uh, knap, Napa turns up, he's an absolute arsehole to Maria. He says, looks like we can't get rid of you. Now that you, we know that you know how to lose, let's see if you could learn to win. Like,
0: he's- such an asshole.
1: Also, Ned is like, it's nice to have you here. He doesn't say, please don't talk to her like that, which he should. Yeah,
0: she's a child. Shut up and walk away from her.
1: <laughs> so uh, Liz notices how tired poor Ned looks. And she feels all sad. Oh. The girls head home when their session of envelope stuffing is done. And Jess checks out the hogs en route. Oh. We're told <laughs> she loved driving with the top down. It was easier to get noticed that
0: way. never I I mean I guess (laughs) although I think I feel like this must be the first book in like 67 books where she's not actually chasing after anyone herself
1: oh that's true I was gonna say it's growth but she is getting weirdly invested in her parents love lives
0: oh yeah like it's not a good trade-off at all but (laughs) but it is um a break from the usual and that there's no like love interest basically for Jessica which is weird true Although she did swear off boys at the end of the last book, didn't she? After oh, the whole after Charlie the Charlie fiasco. Yes, yeah, she
1: said she was yeah. going to concentrate on politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess
0: this she actually her. did, <laughs> well, her
1: way. She starts talking about how great Amanda is, and then we're reminded what a psycho Jessica is because she thinks, of course, it was a terrible thing to have happened to their family. What was the use of trying to change what wouldn't change? That would only totally make them more obsessed. They'd be better off if they accepted this situation as it was and concentrated on the future. Now that is obviously a healthy attitude, but it is very weird to be like this a week after your dad's moved out.
0: Like, it's so fresh. This is such a strange reaction.
1: Uh, Like, well, that's that done. (laughs) (laughs) Done,
0: done and done.
1: See you, Ned. (laughs) Uh, Take me out to Shea Sam every so often for a fancy (laughs) slap-up meal and I'll be happy. Uh, So she raves on about Amanda and Liz is like, what are you talking about? And eventually she's like, I just said I think dad likes Amanda. That's all. She's just his type. and Liz is understandably horrified, and when she says, "Don't tell me you're trying to fix Dad up with Amanda Mason," Jessica's all like, "What's wrong with her? She's brilliant," and uh, Liz is like, "Dad is still married to our mother."
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so weird. It's it's Operation Get Daddy Laid, and I hate it.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, so does Liz and Liz begs Jessica not to interfere in their parents' lives and Jessica promises, but we know how meaningful her promises are and uh, so this will prove to be the case again. (laughs) They arrive home to find Alice Chilling by the pool. The mall project, the infamous mall project, is almost over, so she's taking the afternoon off. Jessica ponders how hot her mother is.
0: <laughs> Who makes a change from pondering how hot her dad or her brother
1: or her? <laughs> Is it better? I
0: can't even tell. No, none of it's good.
1: <laughs> she thinks her mother's slim, youthful figure and blonde hair made her very attractive. Okay. <laughs> So she starts running through some familiar or for some potential suitors, including some familiar names.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Her first thought is uh, maybe Jeremy Frank, the host of a local TV talk show, would be a good match. Friendly speaking. <laughs> He's back. Yes.
1: Yeah, we're told he was so gorgeous that Jessica had tried flirting with him herself once. She knew yes. she was a bit young for him. Yes. And he knew Just... that, too. Indeed, <laughs> but then uh, she remembers his stunning fiance, and she's like, "Oh shit, oh I." Sh-. Who's up next? Who else is there? <laughs> and who could that? Do? Who could Bachelor
0: Number Two be? So yes, be- behind that door is uh, Mr. Fowler, Jessica. thought <laughs> so um, yeah, she reckons that a good old George Fowler. He's he's filthy rich and divorced. He even had a wing of the hospital named after him, and we know how important shit like that is to Jessica. <laughs> Weirdly important. <laughs> um, yeah, a so wing she- of
1: something named after her. That's her. That's dream. the way to her
0: heart, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but then she kind of thinks that the possibility of ending up with Lila for his stepsister is a chilling thought. <laughs> I mean, it is. So, yeah.
1: She thinks Lila was fine for a friend, but he would be a real pain to live with. So instead, Jessica urges Alice to get a bikini and hit the beach. Literally. <laughs>
0: No, it works for Jessica. (laughs)
1: True. So Liz comes out and tells Alice all about Ned's uh, campaign um, promises and his plans to help the environment. And how he's going to sleep out, um, sleep on the streets as a kind of a stunt. And Alice, understandably, says that sounds a bit like a publicity stunt to me. But Liz keeps sort of pushing how great Ned is a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, she's really just trying to talk him up just to be like, remember, Dad, <laughs> he's really handsome,
1: yeah. huh? She's, <laughs> but yeah. she's so wonderful.
0: Yeah, but Alice is just like, OK, I'm I'm just going to go now.
1: <laughs> and that makes uh, Jessica angry, uh, you know, because she, she, she thinks, look, you've really upset her. And Liz says, well, she's upset because she misses Dad. But yeah. Jessica's like, the best thing for her is to forget about him. <laughs> I mean, that's worrying are <laughs>
0: So weird. I just I don't understand Jessica at I mean at the best of times I don't understand her. But in this book in particular it's just like there is just not a hope anyone would ever react like
1: this. Also, the best thing for my mother to do is completely forget about my loving father even regardless of them getting back together. They're still your parents. You I know. It's so weird and Jessica says uh, how could she miss him all they've done for the last couple of months is fight, fight, fight she doesn't want to keep being reminded of how miserable her life was now I can understand if the Wakefield marriage was really toxic and had been bad for years but Hmm. they literally just had a few squabbles and then Ned had a tantrum and (laughs) on horseback on horseback and that was (laughs) galloped off into the sunset (laughs)
0: That was amazing.
1: (laughs) It really was. A very dramatic scene. But it is not a situation where, okay, do you know what? They're going to be happier apart. And we'll all Mm. be happier apart because this is awful. It's literally like two weeks of fights. Ned moves out. And then a week later, Jess is trying to fix them up with hugs. Trying to fix them. (laughs)
0: Like, it's, yeah, she's bananas.
1: Well, Jessica uh, and Liz are completely at odds because Jessica thinks she needs to get Alice, a new boyfriend, ASAP. Mm. And uh, she will do her best to make sure that, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> uh, Liz is trying to work on an article for the Oracle, but she can't concentrate. And eventually she decides that she's going to turn schemer. <gasps>
0: Yeah, she uh, she reckons Jessica has pulled off enough things, so she decides, uh, she thinks, what would Jessica do? Which is really never, mm. really ever the mantra to employ, I would have thought. <laughs> but um, she decides she's going to ring up her dad, um, which she does on the phone. And it's like, she kind of makes it out like she has something that she wants to ask him or needs his advice for something. Yeah. And as she's talking, she starts kind of like, like, kind of scratching the receiver. So it sounds like the static on the line. So he has to ring her back. So it's all just to kind of... It's just a means to get him to call the house back, but then she pretends like she can't answer the phone and gets Alice to answer instead. So it's like just trying to trick them into talking to each other, basically.
1: Exactly. But it does not go according to plan because within seconds, the um, the pair of them are squabbling. Um, just like low level kind of like Alice being, look, I'm tired. I can't talk about this now. Uh, I'll talk to you later. And Liz feels awful, but she's determined to come up with a better plan. She has not given up. Hmm. And then we cut to the slay and it's an English class with oh, Mr. Yes.
0: Collins. <laughs> He's back with a vengeance in this book. Oh my God. I think at one point I wrote down, it's like, oh, this is going to be a juicy Mr. Collins one and about time.
1: <laughs> it's been too long. I mean, in the main timeline, we had his amazing cameo appearance in the, you know, bomber.
0: <laughs> mm. special. Yes, the old, the the Christmas mad bomber. (laughs) Yes, the
1: typical seasonal tale. But Mm. in the main timeline, I mean, I know he cropped up in the last book, but uh, he hasn't really, you know, played a a proper role for, I I can't remember how long.
0: Mm, there's been very little, like screen time, I guess you could call it, um, for him. Like he's barely, he's hardly had any like scenes at all with mm. any of the characters. Like the, I think the only time was, oh yeah, in the last one, it was just Liz like not confiding in him, and it was like, oh, this is really annoying. Yes, um, and it was only very short of a scene as well. So it was, we felt quite robbed. I feel like lately. Oh, but very
1: much so. There were loads of books where he book wasn't even mentioned, you know, off camera. Which
0: is yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry, stage affairs. Mm.
0: But yes,
1: they are making up for lost time, <laughs> listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thrillingly so. <laughs> and then, son.
1: So uh, they're handing, Mr. Collins is handing back essays. And when he gives uh, Jess her essay, he sort of looks a bit apologetic and says, maybe next time it's has got a D, And a note saying, see me after class. Because hmm. uh, as we know, Mr. Collins is always telling, uh, making sure people are doing their best. Yes. So, he's talking about Madame Bovary, which I think is quite a racy book. For a bunch of 16 year to be reading, uh,
0: was it? Yeah, I kind of,
1: I wasn't. Boultery and
0: okay, yeah. I was thinking it probably doesn't have a huge amount to do with the storyline in this case, unlike uh, what was it, Othello last time yeah, was all very uh, well. I guess all very relevant. It is
1: about an unhappy marriage. Oh, okay. So, uh, and a nice middle class woman who has an affair. And actually, because uh, Mr. Mister Collins is talking about it, and while Jessica ponders his hotness and thinks <laughs> some of her friends thought that he looked like a younger version of Robert Redford. And Jessica <laughs> had to agree.
0: he <laughs> was
1: too old for her. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but not for somebody else. So, yeah, uh, Mr. Collins says, what would make a proper conventional lady like Emma Beaufort? You have a love affair. Here she is, well provided for, with a good position in society, everything she could want. Why would she risk losing all that? And Sandy Bacon says, love is more important than all these things. Which Jessica gets, it, It's it's this is somehow sparks off the revelation that Jessica has been waiting for. And what could that revelation be? She says the answer yeah. to her dilemma was standing right in front of her.
0: <laughs> so yeah, she's like she could fix up her mother with Mister Collins. <gasps> oh my god! I know. I wrote down he gave Jessica a D. Now it's time to give Alice the D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, too far. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well Jessica thinks it's a perfect match he wasn't that much younger than Alice I mean Mm. I think we have confirmed that he's in his early 30s and she's like in her early mid 40s Mm. but um it's it's, it's not creepy or anything
0: no no and they're uh, they're both adults at least yeah
1: yeah they're both over 30 (laughs) um but uh yeah she thinks her mother had always said what she liked him Mr. Collins always seemed very happy to see Mrs. Wakefield maybe there had always been a certain attraction there jessica speculated <laughs> so after class when mr collins says um you know look I'll, i know you've had a lot going on at home so if you want to try and do this essay again uh that's fine with me but jessica turns on the I don't know if charm is the right word to describe her carry on
0: She kind of, she kind of goes for the sympathy angle, isn't it really? That she kind of acts all sad and meek, even though like, she's not a bit sad about this whole situation, really. Um, Oh, look, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) she's a sociopath. We know this about her. (laughs) But um, yeah, she kind of acts all like meek and yeah, sad and stuff. And she's like, oh, you know, things are so hard at home right now. And she's like, oh, I'm really worried about my mother. And Mr. Collins is like, oh, what do you mean? Um, and Jessica's like, oh, she's so lonely, you know, she was married for 20 years and now it's all over and she doesn't know what to do. And Roger's kind of like, um, you know, things are might still work out like you know as he points out it's still early days like yeah, things very early days. Nothing's, nothing's set in stone Yeah, <laughs> this has all been like what two weeks at this stage <laughs> but um but yeah Jess is just like no definitely over and uh, now she's all alone um yeah so she's really just trying to I don't know push the fact that like Alice is single now <laughs> you should get on that but <laughs> well, she keeps saying things like she's really glad he's gone and Mr Collins is like are you sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah she insists that like the relationship was going downhill for ages and um Mr. Collins is just like I don't know, like I've I've you know had a lot of conversations with your parents because obviously like parent teacher meetings yeah. and stuff, and he's like they've always seemed like a very close couple, um, so he's a bit confused I think as to what the fuck is going on here. Yes,
1: and then eventually when she just keeps going on about how lonely her mother is, he starts going. Well, what about your grade? Yeah, uh, let's get back on track here. Like, J- Jessica says you can talk to Al- my mom about it, and he's like, uh, it's not her grade. And Jessica basically badgers him into a raging parent-teacher meeting. And Mr. Collins eventually gives in and suggests Friday. And Jessica yes. is delighted. <laughs> and uh, there's a nice little moment, our only real um, scene with her flat-faced queen, Lila, where Jessica emerges. <laughs> she bumps into Lila and asks what she was talking to Mr. Collins about. And when Jessica says about improving my grade, Lila says, oh, yeah, did you offer him money? Uh, <laughs> Jessica strikes and says there are other things in life besides money you know not that I've noticed Lila replied veering off into the crowd <laughs> what an exit
0: I love it with a flourish and she's gone <laughs> disappeared in a cloud of 50s <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah, as ever well Jessica thinks ever the opportunist that if Alice and Mr. Collins get together then he'll mark her great her essays easier <laughs> always with an eye for the main chance
0: always always an ulterior motive with this one
1: <laughs> we cut to the office and the twins and the the others are cold calling voters and Ned is pleased to see Ned or so Jessica is pleased to see Ned talking with Amanda because she thinks <laughs> that's a uh, you know, coming along nicely. And Ned approaches them and asks what they think of his speech. And he, he tells Terry that he followed Terry's uncle's advice and is concentrating on economic development. And because uh, that's what Mr. Knapp wants him to, to focus on. Of course, Jess is bored thinking about anything to do with the campaign, uh, like the practicalities of it, and instead thinks about what she should wear to her father's inaugural ball. Mm-hmm. Something strapless and daring. Something alluring and sexy. <laughs> Very appropriate, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> As ever. (laughs) So, uh, Ned runs off to talk to Mr. Knapp and the others express their delight of the advisor but Jessica thinks um, that uh, he was filthy rich. In Jessica's book, Filthy Rich made up for a lot of deficiencies in other areas.
0: I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. She's, she's a strange fish, isn't she? (laughs) She really, I mean, she is a, she is a kind of a psychopath. Not a minute, kind of, she's totally. Kind of, she fully is.
1: (laughs) God damn it! I, 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 how am I being so generous to her? Well, Maria uh, isn't feeling generous to Mister Knapp, and she is just really angry at the thought that he seems to be doing brilliantly while her poor dad has basically had his career destroyed. Jessica doesn't give a shit. I mean, like, she, like she, does,
0: she doesn't scares. give a shit
1: about.
0: Yeah, she doesn't even give a shit about things that are affecting her parents. So why would she give a shit about <laughs> someone else's <laughs> parents?
1: Good point. So Amanda approaches And Jessica starts going on at her About how much Ned appreciates her work But when Liz sees what she's up to guesses and calls her over We're told Jessica could read her sister perfectly Elizabeth was saying I know just what you're doing and I want you to stop And she gives Liz an equally friendly smile She knows that her message is, is uh, There's nothing you can do to stop me <laughs> Fucking terrifying Could you imagine what that smile looks like?
0: Oh, chilling, I would say, yeah. Just
1: terrifying. The cold, <laughs> dead eyes of a shark.
0: <laughs> the like... Pacific blue eyes oh! of a pretty shark.
1: <laughs> what is it that uh, quits eyes and jaws? Like a doll eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's her role, right? <laughs> certainly is.
1: Well, uh, then she hears some news that uh, puts a halt to her gallop. Turns out Amanda has a fiancé.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes, after six years, they've decided to make it official. So that's Jessica's plan, dead in the water.
1: I'm surprised that stops her. She likes breaking people up.
0: <laughs> also true. Yeah.
1: Well, shes uh, I guess she thinks that Ned probably won't go for the, you know, Beyonce, uh dumping yeah. plan. Probably not. So Ned has a speech scheduled at the mall, uh, presumably all done up now, at half three. And Liz has a plan. And when she arrives home, uh, Jess is a, ch- a cheerleading, so she's got the house and Alice to herself, and she has a little story for Alice that Alice buys as well. She might.
0: Yeah, she says that it's um it's Penny's birthday. Penny Ayla from um who's you know the editor of the Oracle, of oh. course. Um, but yeah, she reckons that she needs Alice's help to decide uh, on these two things that she wants to that she wants to to get mm. her for her birthday, and Alice is kind of like. My my advice, <laughs> like she's your yeah. friend. I don't I don't know anything about this. But uh she could she talks Alice into coming with her to the mall anyway, but she has to time it very carefully mm. um because of Ned's speech. So she kinda wants to hit it for right when the speech is over. Um, so that it would be quite, you know, regular and natural for for them to just kind of bump into each other and get chatting and, you know, talk about how the campaign is going. Um so this is kind of how she expects it'll pan out. Mm. Um but yeah, she kind of has to do a bit of faffing around, I think, doesn't she? To try and get things timed, timed right. Me,
1: yeah, it's like, oh, can we go in uh, 17 minutes?
0: Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. I don't know why she doesn't just come down and say, we need to go to the mall. I need to get this thing for Penny. Oh, no. But um, yeah, it's a weird plan. But look. I think by the time they get there, though, I think they, they walk into the mall and then hear Ned's voice on the on the loudspeaker because there was some kind of a problem with the PA yeah. system. So everything was held up by about 20 minutes. So the speech is only starting. So, of course, Alice walks in and she's like, uh, what the fuck is this?
1: She realizes she's been set up immediately, yeah. obviously. And Ned is giving his dramatic speech where he's talking about "I want a sweet valley with a strong economy, I want a sweet valley that knows how to do business. I want a sweet valley that blah 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 and uh Mrs. Wakefield is looking skeptical and is like, "I want I want, I want, I guess I've heard enough and she says to Liz that they're going home.
0: Yeah, she's not impressed either, either with the fact that she's been tricked or really with Ned's speech either because yeah. she's just like this, this isn't, yeah, the right kind of thing at all. But right. um, yeah, so off they go.
1: She knows Liz meant well, but she's just not in the mood for this. Mm. And Liz realises that Ned didn't even see them there. So it didn't even make him think, oh, she came.
0: Oh, it was all for nothing. Indeed.
1: We cut to Friday, the end of school and Liz is going to the campaign office but Jess has her parent teacher meeting (laughs) and Liz knows something is up but she does not know what and uh, she heads into the office with Maria and there's no one there but Ned because the others are off or the rest of his team are off setting up um, uh, this event he's going to be doing at Seca Lake that evening and they settle down to uh, stuff envelopes and Maria heads out to get a soda and and uh, Liz tells her dad, "I miss you. I wish you would come home." Oh. Ned can't reassure her, um. So then Liz, then Nap comes in and he doesn't see Liz because she's on the other. There's like a filing ca- a partition made out of filing cabinets.
0: Mm, yeah, it seems like Ned doesn't actually have a proper office. In this place It's like it's like he's got a corner Made out of filing cabinets Like a little filing cabinet Fort or something And that's his I office thought, Within this room I think
1: I thought he was on one side Of the filing Like and the, the sort of mm. Assembly line was On the other side They were sort of sitting You know They were Ned has, Ned's bit was kind of
0: Yeah it's kind of cordoned off, off I think with, with the filing So yeah I think It's just okay. the fact that Liz is probably sitting on the floor Yes So he Knapp can't see her When he walks But yeah it is all the one room It seems yeah. like And just kind of A corner of it Or a, a side of it i just it as
1: being open plan Mm, yeah. Mm. But um, she's in her little <laughs> in her little filing cabinet for it. <laughs> and when Nap comes in and uh, Ned tells him that he's going to focus on the environment in his speech. But Nap disagrees.
0: Yeah, he kind of he kind of pressures um, Ned into like changing his speech, really, yeah. and just to go on about the whole economic thing. And he's like, look, um, oh, you know, let me give you advice. I know more about this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's just saying that, you know, people want to know they'll have jobs and all these other things come second with the voters. Because I suppose the fact that the speech is at Seca Lake, Ned really wants to kind of hammer the you know, environmental yeah. side of his campaign and his policies and all the rest. But Nath is just like, no, 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 it's it's the business development and econ- economic stuff that you really need to go after. And he's like, forget about all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and kind of just badgers him into changing it. Yeah, because um,
1: Ned is trying to say, look, I covered the economic things in my speech at the mm. mall. Like, I've got to, you know, show all the facets of my campaign. But Nath says, uh, it's what the voters want. Foolish? Maybe they are. Limited? <laughs> Definitely. But all the surveys show that the citizens vote through their wallets, Ned. You just don't understand that fact yet. <laughs> this is his dis- start of his descent into OTG.
0: Yeah, he's got that kind of vibe to him anyway, so I don't think it's a reach to just kind of give him that voice yeah, at all.
1: Just imagine Robinson, Edward G. Robinson vibe. And Liz, like me, is annoyed. I wish Ned would just tell Nap to fuck off. And thanks, yeah. pretty much. After all, like not is Ned's advisor, not his boss. Mm, true. But Ned said, when Ned says he'll stick to his guns and he's going to talk about the environmental issues, Nap, gets, is it, is it quite, I don't know if it's threatening is the right word, but he starts saying things like, You've got a lot of support coming in from people <laughs> who think those other issues should stay on the sidelines. See? <laughs> doesn't say see. No.
0: <laughs> it's implied.
1: <laughs> but Ned is like, What? I'll lose support if I talk about environmental issues. And, uh, that says, you have to get elected first, and the people who can make it happen,
0: well, you can't
1: afford to alienate them. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I mean, I think that sounds like a threat.
0: It, oh, it's definitely a threat. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of acting kind of friendly, but there's a proper undertone of menace here for sure.
1: That's why I think Ned is a bit gormless because he doesn't say anything. And that clearly takes this as agreement to leaves. And when Liz emerges and asks, like, why didn't you stand up to him, basically? Ned is like, oh, well, he's really more experienced than me. I'm a newcomer to politics. Oh, maybe he shouldn't have run for mayor. I mean, truly,
0: that's really the start of all this was just like, what are you doing, Ned? You know nothing about politics, sit down. Exactly. But look, but here we are.
1: (laughs) So Maria comes back, so the topic is dropped and she confides in Liz that she doesn't want to go to the lake that evening. And Liz admits that neither does she. Mm. Meanwhile, (laughs) Jessica is at school, waiting impatiently for Alice. And when the latter arrives, Jessica... Basically gives out to her.
0: <laughs> yeah, she kind of like as soon as Alice comes out of the carriage, Jessica's like, hmm, "Why didn't you wear your blue blouse? You know, it brings out the color of your eyes much better than this." And she's like, smoothing her hair and kind of fussing over her. And Alice's like, "What is happening? What are you doing?" She's like, "I don't think I don't think it's gonna affect your grade if my eyes look nice." Jessica
1: keeps saying, "Like, could you wear a little mascara?" And then <laughs> promise me you'll talk to him for a long time. Mm. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> So they go in and Mr. Collins (laughs) says that Jess spends, which is all true, more time and effort trying to get out of work than doing the actual work. And if she she just, you know, applied herself uh, and put the same effort she puts into scheming, into actually getting the work done, (laughs) it would be easier and she would do better. And, you know, she just needs to apply herself more and push herself and uh, as soon as he said all this, Jessica says that she's forgotten something in her locker or the car or something. It's some spurious excuse.
0: It's yeah, she pretends like it's the last paper she's written for him or something that she has in her locker, I think. So it's just an excuse to get out of the room and leave them together, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We need Jessica's porny music from the uh, from the TV series <laughs> for this. <laughs>
1: Well, she's lurking outside the door and uh, listening in and she hears that Mr. Collins say that look he knows that there's trouble at home and he wants to support the the twins. Um and Alice says, Oh, it's very nice of you, Mr. Collins, and he says, Call me Roger. So Jessica's like, Oh but then her mood changes when Alice says what she's really worried about. Oh God, um wait, what well, is it? Basically, she's it's Jessica. She's a or it's Jessica's sort of indifference to everything. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's yeah, she's worried about how things are affecting the girls, and she's like, Yeah, Jessica specifically, she acts as though it doesn't bother her. And frankly, that out that concerns me, and like as well it might, because she is not well. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jessica rolls her eyes outside. Oh. Could she help us if she believed in getting on with life? Get on with it. <laughs> she ordered them silently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What did, exactly does she want to happen in there? Um,
0: I think I already alluded to what she wants to happen.
1: I know! But I can't, I'm so wrong. <laughs> well, Mr. Collins says that he knows what Alice is going through because he's been there and she remembers hmm. his divorce. You know, she's like, oh yeah, sorry, I, I forgot that you were divorced too. Um, yeah.
0: Not two, but. You know, you've experienced marriage separation. Yeah, he's been through something like this, yeah. And
1: Mr. Collins, now they make it very explicit that this is not a romantic thing. Even True. Jessica doesn't delude herself into thinking that this is romantic. But he basically says, look, you know, if you want to meet up, you could choose a friend, uh, you know, you can talk to me and um, you might take your mind off things as well. And Alice laughs. Are you asking me for a date, Roger? And he says, I wouldn't put it in those terms Just two people going out to dinner Sharing some friendly conversation
0: yeah, it is very, like, very much like, like a friendly platonic kind of, you know, you probably just need, and she does need a friend, to be fair, because she keeps yes. unloading her worries on her children, which isn't the way to go either. But uh, yeah, just that it might be, you know, nice for her to have a distraction and just actually enjoy herself for an yeah. evening. So it is actually very nice of them. Yeah. yeah,
1: with somebody who, you know, who does, mm, who, who, gets knows, it. Yeah. who gets it, yeah that's it, 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 what it's like. So he suggests, and she thinks, oh, actually, that does sound great. um So she says, why don't we go to Sam tomorrow night? And Alice is uh, brilliant. and. You're told Jessica could tell from the tone of the conversation that neither one of them had any romantic intentions. But there was time for that, she thinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's really pissed off when she walks in because she hopes that they look all like, oh, but really they're like, oh hi. Like they just do they don't look like they're not uncomfortable at all. They don't feel like that having any sort of, you know, anything that they wouldn't be happy with her hearing.
0: Um, yeah, she like wants she wants them to be secretive when she walks back in, but they're not at all, and she's just like, damn it. <laughs>
1: so she's like okay this talk has straightened me out and i was like really <laughs> yeah it's all a talk <laughs> but anyway uh, jessica is still happy that she's made some progress in her scheme to hook her mother up with this <laughs> i guess <laughs> later a poor old liz who's really miserable tells jessica that ned has planned a treat for them tomorrow and what could it be <gasps> why
0: it's dinner at Chez sam <gasps> <laughs> really yeah, Jessica is understandably horrified because she's like, oh shit, I'm about to be rumbled. So she keeps kind of talking down J. Sam. She's like, oh, you know, we'll never get a reservation. And, oh, you know, we shouldn't go there. We should go somewhere more fun or whatever. And keeps trying to talk everyone out of going there, basically. Yeah. Jessica,
1: or Liz is baffled because she says, last week you told Sam you love that place because it's so sophisticated. And that's why she he picked it. And it's booked. So Jessica's been saying like, oh, it'll be, you know, we won't get a table. She suggests Guido's instead. Or hmm. someplace called The Carousel.
0: The carousel, yeah, I spotted that too. <laughs> where come from? Like, we don't even know what kind of cuisine they have. No. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> well, they branched out. Now we know they have a sushi place. Hmm. True. But uh, Liz basically shut the fuck up. We're going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is happening. Get over it.
1: And twenty four hours later, Jessica is still trying to suggest alternatives as they leave the house.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this is a done deal, Jessica. You're going to have to move on.
1: But wait, just think now. It is weird that Liz doesn't know where her mother is going or that her mother is going out anywhere. Like I can't it's believe true, it's actually that you know in the following twenty four hours that Alice was going out that night considering mm. the last book she was all like oh Alice will be home alone um, but uh, yeah anyway she she definitely doesn't know and they drive to Chase Am Jessica is still trying to suggest other places to Ned as they drive <laughs> Ned has his heart set on a dish of scallops and cream and I have made quite recently an amazing scallop cream gratin in the Ruckmini book the quick roasting tin, AKA the greatest cookery book of all time. That's <laughs> have to say it was delicious. It also had, uh, well, black pudding and possibly leeks. I think that was the only vegetable involved. But <laughs> I did feel I was going to have a heart attack afterwards because it is <laughs> very rich.
0: Oh, wow. Love a cream sauce.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. But I, well, as soon as I saw Ned, that was what Ned's heart was set on. I was like, can't argue with you, Ned. I would go there even with Jessica. In order to have actually yeah. made
0: Some big talk. I'd do
1: it. <laughs> so when they arrive, there's an awkward moment.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. So they, um, when Ned walks in, the Maitre D is like, oh, Mr. Wakefield, Mrs. Wakefield is already here. And Liz is like, oh, God, what is happening? <laughs> And it is extremely awkward because Ned is just like, oh, um, I just have a table for three, just me and my daughters. And the major D is like, oh, yes, of course, right this way and kind of smooths over it all. But it's just like, ah oh, God, it's so bad. Especially
1: when Liz sees her mother with Mr. Collins. <laughs> she is not impressed. <laughs> it's almost an insult to her because, you know, she's, she and Mr. Collins have a special bond now, they jessica. have a special
0: connection of their own yes,
1: yes. <laughs> um so especially when ned sees mr collins and uh, uh and alice liz is like oh my god this is horrendous how are we <laughs> gonna get through this jessica doesn't give a shit
0: yeah and Ned does play it quite cool he's just like oh this is unexpected and he says it quite mildly um and he's when Liz is like oh let's let's go somewhere else and Ned's just like no it's fine he's like looks at his menu and smiles like we're here for dinner just because there's other people here doesn't mean we can't have a good time and he's very kind of chill about the whole thing
1: Mm. yes and uh, he's gonna have a Caesar salad which is something else I would like to to eat I think I've just become obsessed with restaurants because we
0: can't go to them because we can't go to them yeah, <laughs> yeah <I> just, <laughs> salad, I can't just food food that I don't have to make that's put in front of me on a plate like the dream
1: <laughs> and a Caesar salad is not something I'm ever going to make at home <laughs> I am not going to be toasting croutons but uh, yeah. um, yep that's Ned's uh, first first course and Le- Jessica wants lobster and caviar <laughs> she thinks that's what fancy people eat
0: She's been possessed by Lila Fowler, whoa, think, whoa, for this point.
1: Did Lila have caviar sandwiches or something disgusting at work? She at absolutely
0: school? did, yes, for her packed lunch for school, because she's amazing. You just said so soggy. Oh, it sounds rotten, but like, <laughs> she's just so good.
1: When Ned jokes about her uh, Jessica's expensive taste, she says, what good is being a politician if you can't get something out of
0: it? Because that's how she rolls. It's literally how she lives her life, yeah. <laughs>
1: And uh, the Matron d' comes along and says there's a phone call for Ned. And when he goes off to take it, Liz turns on the blithe Jess and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, chill out. We're just to a date. Yeah.
0: And of course... Before now, as far as Liz knew, well, Jessica had promised that she wouldn't go meddling
1: oh, of course, win yeah. things
0: with, uh, with Alice and Ned, but like, of, of course, she didn't keep the promise. But like, that's kind of also why Liz is so annoyed. Like, I suppose it's the fact that it is Mr. Collins, as well as just the fact that she's actually setting her mother up on a date, basically. <laughs> she's just fuming with Jess.
1: And when Ned returns, he raises his glass to Alice and Mr. C. And Alice smiles and raises hers. And then Mr. Collins and Alice come over to their table. Hmm.
0: Yeah, Ned invites them to uh, to join their table as well. He's like, he's quite friendly with Mister Collins. He's like, look, it's not a private party, and I suppose he probably knows, like, this is just them going out as friends. But it is still just, I suppose, for Alice, you'd just be like, you'd be like, oh fuck it anyway. He's <laughs> just the last person you'd want to see. But um, yeah, so they all just kind of sit together at the table and they chat quite in a, quite a friendly way. Yeah. And Alice. it probably is quite awkward for Roger, though. In fairness, But yes, he, he's he plays like it as well, very mm, definitely.
1: And Alice gives Ned's shoulder a reassuring squeeze as she sits, as they sit down. So, you know, as if to say, like, don't worry, there's nothing going on here. And mm. um, Mr. Collins asks Ned how his campaign is going. And when Ned says he might not win, Alice says indignantly, I hope they know a decent man when they see one. They'd have to be either crazy or stupid not to vote for you. Mm. So, you know, she's not totally against
0: him. True, yeah. And I suppose Liz is kind of, well, she's surprised that they're actually getting along and that Jessica has actually managed to engineer her parents actually having dinner together basically, which of course isn't what Jessica wanted, but, uh, but it's worked out well.
1: You know, Mr. Collins being there makes it a bit weird. It does. Yeah. And after the meal, uh, when they paid the bill, Mr. Collins says, look, we were going to go to a film. Do you want to come? And Ned has to work. So the twins go home with him and Jessica just bubbles on inanely all the way home. But Liz, mm-hmm. sad. And, uh, yeah, she just feels like she's not really any closer to getting her parents back together. And also, I guess she feels quite distanced from Jess. <laughs> well, they're, are,
0: they're very much on opposing teams here. So, yeah, I suppose they would feel a bit uh, a bit alone in, in what she's doing.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, Winston and Maria are driving through town and Maria asks to stop at the campaign office because she left her history book there. And she's got to study for a test on Monday, so she can't leave it till then. Hmm. And when she goes in, she doesn't bother turning on the light because the street lights shining in and a phone rings and she picks it up unthinkingly. But before she can say a word, she realises somebody else has answered the phone.
0: And who can it be? (gasps) It's Mr. Knapp hiding in the shadows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Behind the filing cabinet's no (laughs) doubt.
0: He's squished himself into a drawer. (laughs) Well,
1: he smugly tells whoever is calling him. That Ned Wakefield is out with his kids. And then he's working at home on his next <laughs> beach. He's as happy as a clam. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he does go OTG here now in fairness.
1: <laughs> so happy as a clam.
0: I mean really. <laughs> Sensational.
1: <laughs> and Renee realizes that he's talking to somebody called Sy Robertson, a man who had helped out on her father's campaign, and he's a local real estate dealer, but she doesn't really know anything else about him. Mm. And then Nap says to the sigh person, I've got Wakefield where we want him. Believe me, he doesn't have the slightest idea what's going on. And when this election is over and he's in office, he'll realize it's time to start returning a few favors. And he'll be perfectly happy to do it too. (laughs) (laughs) He'll think it's the honorable thing to do to repay a loyal supporter. He might even think our plans are for the good of Sweet Valley.
0: <gasps>
1: but Robertson reminds him of something.
0: Yeah, Robertson says, uh, Oh, you know, it's good to hear that you're being more tactful because you went a bit overboard before.
1: <gasps> yes, and Nap admits, Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, my was a little too hard. But <laughs> we took care of him. <laughs> and now he's out of the picture with Wakefield. Everything will go smoothly,
0: right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Maria realises that Nap and Robertson have framed her father.
0: Oh my God. And now they're trying to do the same, well, not do the same thing, but uh, but they're trying to use Ned uh, for their own nefarious purposes. But she's like, well, what are their purposes? And that's what she doesn't understand yet.
1: Well, Robertson says something that hints at what it might
0: be. Yeah, so he mentions that, the, like, I'm not even going to try to do the OTG voice because <laughs> this is all you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners.
0: <laughs> but he mentions that he's got a lot riding on this oceanfront project. And he doesn't want anything to go wrong now because the election is only two weeks away.
1: But Canaf reassures him that everything is going <laughs> just the way I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> He's delighted and uh, Maria sneaks out and tells Winston all and she wants to go to the police but Winston has a good reason for not doing that.
0: Yeah as he points out there's no actual evidence it's just something that she's heard and like no one's going they'll just think she's some hysterical kid mm-hmm. Um Because, you know, it's about her dad as well. So she's just like, oh my God, but what are we going to do? So Winston is like, well, look, there must be some kind of way that we could get him or get something concrete. Um, So is like, yeah, I'm going to get him for what he did to my dad. Uh, He's going to wish he'd never heard of Sweet Valley by the time I'm done with him.
1: Well, we sometimes wish we'd never heard of it, but
0: here we are. (laughs) That's not true.
1: (laughs) And on that note, uh, we are going to tell you about... The HeadStuff Plus program. I was. gonna I realized I was sounding like it was the Erasmus program or some sort of you know official, like, <laughs> college <laughs> thing. Um, yes, Ooh, as you uh, probably know, we are proud members of the HeadStuff podcast network.
0: And if you would like to support what we do,
1: you can join HeadStuff Plus
0: that's right so if you um you can join for as little as five euros a month uh, and you can decide to either just support us or you can spread your money across up to three different shows Um so whichever way you decide to do it you get bonus content for all of the shows on the network so there's piles of stuff that you could get access to and uh including our special bonus series pi beta alpha
1: yes in pi beta alpha we are recapping the sweet valley tv series episode by episode
0: it is such good crack like you don't want to miss out it's just we're having such a good time over oh. there so please do join our sorority because it is this gas crack please do
1: and you can join wherever you are in the world for just as little as five years a month and uh as we said, you will get access to all the bonus material from every single um show on the network, even if you just choose to support us. And a uh, show that you might enjoy is What Would You Do If? And it's it's tell us a bit about it, Garen.
0: I yeah, absolutely. Because this is this is actually a show that people in Sweet Valley could definitely do with. Um, oh. So they basically, uh, what would you do if it's all about answering questions about what you should do or would do in a certain situation? So they discuss things like what to do if you're in a plane crash, like if you're attacked you by a, like Enid, if you're attacked by a bear, like, like Jessica and Winston, yeah. <laughs> if your partner cheats on you, I mean, like, like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and don't do coke. <laughs> very true so they just go through all these different um scenarios episode by episode and discuss what the actual right thing to do is or maybe what they would do and it's definitely something jessica wakefield could do with i feel like
1: oh my god yes i mean it might make her behave more sensibly though in fairness they could probably all do it because do with it because you know they're always getting into uh
0: ridiculous scrapes Yeah, so there's probably some some very good advice to be found on this podcast and you can have a little listen to a taste of it now. This is What Would You Do If? The podcast to answer all of your What Would You Do If? questions. It's Callum and Jess here and every week we look at how we'd handle different situations before finding out what you should do if you're in them. So far we've looked at What would you do if you saw someone stealing? A bear attacked you. but baby started choking. You were stuck in a lift. You can hear those episodes and loads more on how headstuffpodcast.com with a new one every Monday.
1: And now, back to Sweet Valley, where, at the Casadel Wakefield, Jessica runs in to tell Liz that Alice is has returned home from her movie outing with Mr. Collins. And she can't understand why Liz is not absolutely overjoyed at the idea of their mother going out with uh, Mr. C. <laughs>
0: Ha 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 um Yeah, uh, Jessica. Yeah, she's just like, oh my god, what do you mean you don't care? Like, what's what's going on? um But uh, yeah, she she kind of decides like it probably isn't going to be a runner. She's like, well, look, tonight ended up being more like a date with Dad than it did with Mr. Yeah. Collins, which you think she'd be happy about. But no. look, nothing she does makes sense ever. No.
1: She admits that there's clearly she just there's no romantic vibe between her mother and Mr. Collins. So she asks <laughs> yes. Liz to suggest some more potential dates, and Liz rightly asks, "Are you out of your mind?" yes and Jessica's like I just want Alice not to be lonely did you want her to be lonely
0: god (laughs) she storms off but then Maria rings and she's got news yeah, so Maria uh, fills her in on her little uh, trip to the campaign office and uh, tells her all about the the phone call that she overheard and how Nap is actually a super shady character and uh, trying to set Ned up for something or or get him to do favors once he gets into office. So Liz is horrified and she's just like, "Oh my god!" and obviously then figures out that he th- this it was him that had set up uh, Peter Santelli yeah. back along.
1: And she wants to tell Ned straight away, but Maria rightly says, "Look, we can't." until we've got proof yeah. Uh, so we need to go up with a plan next day Liz and Maria and Winston and Terry meet up to because um, Terry's been filled in on the news because they know he's not a fan of his uncle and hmm. Terry says that in recent years he's realised that his uncle is completely power hungry <gasps> And yes, a few months ago he came over to the to Terry's family house for dinner and started bragging about how he was going to make his mark on Sweet Valley. And if he could just get the city council in his pocket, he'd be the richest man oh, in California. Oh my god. <laughs> Apparently he said something about a beach development. Not the beach. Well, yes, the beach, as we all oh. see. <laughs> Liz realises that he's been really pushing Ned into talking about economic development and uh, Maria wonders if, you know, her dad stood up to them and that's why they framed him for the bribe. And But if that was the case, you would think that Peter would have told Ned.
0: Very true, actually. Yeah, because Peter would have known that this was the case. And yeah, you think you would have warned him or been like, look, these guys are shady, don't get involved with them. would be like, oh, well... Yeah, Peter went very quietly, didn't he? He really did.
1: Well, Winston wonders if their plan is an ocean development right in Sweet Valley. I mean, on our beach. They are <gasps> so horrifying that they're shocked into silence. Mm-hmm. And they discuss how to get proof, and Winston suggests the old reliable. Could we get him to confess? We could hide a tape recorder. <laughs> I mean, Pi Alpha members will recall that uh, Liz managed to trap sleazy artist Dakota Dancer with this very
0: <laughs> trick recently. It gets it gets results, you yeah. know, it works. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, somehow they decided won't work this time, and they wonder about you know, can they could they f- uncover the plans? But Liz rightly reminds them that like planning and development isn't illegal. The illegal part is the bribery and corruption. Um, but they wonder if they could still find something that would link the. Uh, nap to the, the the money going into Peter Santani's mm. head. So Terry suggests they go to his office, do a little recce. And yes, Terry was there recently. So if he's caught, he can say, "Oh, I left something here," because these kids are always leaving things, and
0: they're very, very forgetful. Good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they decide to go, and Maria insists that Winston doesn't come along, and he reluctantly agrees.
0: Yeah, for some reason. Oh, I guess because Liz's dad is involved. Yeah, I suppose he's the only one who is, doesn't like directly have somebody yes, involved exactly. in this whole shenanigans. Right. Yeah.
1: So they decide they're going to go the following evening when the you know people have left the building after work, but the janitors are still there, so it's still you mm. know you can get into it. And uh, meanwhile, Jess is uh, in the office checking out Ramon Valdez. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so he's one of Ned's political aides um, and he's (laughs) apparently he's a liaison to the Hispanic community in Sweet Valley. (laughs) Oh, that large, vibrant community that gets wheeled Thriving, yes. uh, That thriving community that appeared all the way back in Caught in the Middle, never to be seen again. (laughs) Um, Yeah, still there chugging away in the background, apparently. (laughs) Despite all appearances.
1: (laughs) Well, Ramon is a hunk. And uh, she uh, Jessica of course is looking at him as a potential date for Alice. But
0: then she's quickly put off. <laughs> oh Ramon. Oh. Yeah, he's gas. He's um he kind of Yeah, because Jess tells him about um her mother and kind of says, uh, and what is it he says? Oh yeah, he's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm really sorry about your parents. And Jess is like, oh you know, don't be. They're so they're both so happy. Mom loves being single again. And then Ramona's like, Oh, that's interesting. I love being single too. I can do what I want, go where I want. I know it sounds selfish, but I like not having to check in with anyone about what I'm doing. It's just me and my cats. <laughs> and he loves these cats. Oh my god, he's obsessed. It's hilarious. That
1: so- four? I mean, I've got one. So I I can't judge people from having a cat, but Being so enthusiastic about four of them. I don't know. I mean, sorry (laughs) Um, listeners, but the way he talks about them is quite intense. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's, um,
0: yeah Jess kind of says, Oh, you have cats. My mother loves cats. And he's, his eyes light up because he's just one of these people who just like any opportunity to talk about his cats, he is in there. And he's just like, Oh, I can't imagine being without mine. They're Siamese, very finicky, of course, but I like that. And he kind of goes through them each one by one. He's like, They're very dignified, very opinionated. Estrella, that's the female. She is such a personality. <laughs> he goes on about how she like gives him the cold shoulder if he does things wrong. And Maximilian, he thinks he's the boss at home, let me tell you. And like, he would
1: by Jessica now, no, by
0: way, she's no interest
1: in this. after I was sounding uh, you know like I was judging what I'm on for talking about his cats I realised that the other day I was talking to two of my neighbours from down the road socially distanced of course we all bumped into each other on the street and we did talk about our respective cats for quite no, some time, but- <laughs> for quite some time. Well, in fairness one of the neighbours cats once turned up and climbed through our bathroom window at about four o'clock in the morning and woke us up oh, so what? It's, okay.
0: it's, also, your cat is amazing. Beeble's is the best looking gremlin ever. She
1: is the ultimate gremlin. And uh, yeah. the other neighbor's cat is the uh, squashy-faced cat known locally as a big baby pudding snatcher. Who...
0: <laughs> now, known locally or known to you
1: as? <laughs> <laughs> now I know her real name. But uh, big baby <laughs> pudding snatcher is famed for going outside in their front garden on a lead. No oh. wow. <laughs> Oh well, now I know that apparently she's not allowed to go out on her own because the one time she did, uh, she got lost and they found her crying under a car. Oh no! Not like injured under a car, just trying to go under a car going,
0: But Way! she was sad. <laughs> oh, poor big baby puddin's snatcher. I know.
1: What a- it's a Yuki? Oh, but uh, yes, I, I guess t- that's pretty good. <laughs> I've watched my to cats for as long as Ramon has, so who am I to judge? Yeah,
0: we're not really in a position to say anything about Roman here now at this stage.
1: (laughs) But he does kind of exude crazy cat person energy.
0: He does,
1: yes. He comes on so strong about them straight away to somebody who isn't showing any enthusiasm or interest. (laughs) Very true. And uh, Liz is obviously, or sorry, Jess is obviously really disappointed because that's another potential hunk for Alice off the list. And when the Scooby gang come in, Jess asks (laughs) what they're up to, but Liz deflects and that makes Jessica suspicious, but for the wrong reasons.
0: Yeah, she just reckons it's another doomed mission to get their parents back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and She's just like, oh, Liz, it'll never work. And Liz is like, oh, what? Because she kind of looks up all guilty. And Jessica's kind of surprised at the reaction she's gotten. And uh, Jess is like, you know, they're not going to get back together, Liz. I keep telling you. And Liz is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But Jessica knows that like something's going on, but she just doesn't know what it is.
1: Uh, yes. And uh, luckily, I mean, she'd probably just mess it up if she got involved. So I suppose we should be grateful. Very true. To- So later, uh, Liz, uh, the Scoobies are waiting in the rain. (laughs) It's raining, no, Uh, outside NAP's um, office building. Liz feels like a criminal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so she has to uh, run interference, basically. She runs in and kind of chats to the security guard to distract him. So she pretends like she's waiting for her Mm. mother to come pick her up. Um, And she just sort of like wanders around the lobby and then kind of chats to him about whatever book he's reading. And basically creates enough of a distraction anyway that Maria and Terry can sneak in the front entrance mm. and through the door marked stairs because they obviously know where they're going. So once they get in, they're grand.
1: Yeah. And uh, they're they're taking their time up there and then Liz sees somebody outside the building. Oh shit, Napa's pulling up. <gasps> so Liz is like, oh, I need to go to the loo. Where's the bathroom? And runs upstairs and finds the others, but they have no time to get out of the office. So they hide in a cupboard. <gasps>
0: Very tense. Yes.
1: And conveniently, Nath comes in and makes phone call. But they can hear (laughs) every
0: word. It's very considerate of him, isn't it? it? Yeah.
1: Uh, so first of all he makes phone call, which he says, No, I won't be needing to make any anonymous bank deposits like I did with our friend Santelli. (gasps) (gasps) Um And uh, when he hangs up the trio watch as he uh, reaches behind a tall filing
0: cabinet. A lot of filing cabinets action in this story. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) And he pulls something out from behind it. Yeah, so he pulls out this large file folder uh, all full of papers from this like secret hiding place, uh, opens it up on his desk, searches through it, pulls out several sheets and photocopies them um, and then I think just puts everything back again. So it's all very like wonderfully incriminating stuff that he's up to right as the kids are all like hiding in the press, looking through a little crack. So, yeah, he makes his incriminating phone call, pulls out his secret folder (laughs) and then puts it all back where he left it very, very efficiently. Yes,
1: and it's perfect. So when he leaves, they can just uh,
0: photocopy everything yeah it's perfect but they also uh they go through the um the file don't they yes um and they find yeah they find sketches of like a boardwalk with arcades and shops and stuff it actually sounds quite nice to be honest mm. like right. <laughs> I mean the beach would still be there it'd be fine there'd just be some shops there as well mm. but I don't know um yeah. yeah so they they see then that there's a receipt um for a teller's check for ten thousand dollars which is how much was put into Peter Santelli's account <gasps> back along because you got to keep your receipts for your bribes and your are fray- very true you need a paper trail. They always say it. <laughs>
1: first rule of being a criminal. <laughs> Keep everything. <laughs> well, they put, uh, they notice there's a bank account number scrawled on it, which Maria is sure must be her dad's. And uh, they copy everything, make copies of everything and make their escape. And they're not sure what to do now. But Terry says, we need a lawyer. So they decide to go to Ned. I'm just going to say now. That is fucking useless when they
0: dance. Seriously. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> this fucking guy. How has he ever managed to make it as a lawyer this long?
1: <laughs> yeah, because when Elizabeth tells him everything, he's just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And she's like, why don't you talk to mom? <laughs> so... They go back to the casa and tell Alice all, And then the sad sack is just like, oh, I thought I was making a difference, but I'm just a pawn. I'll let them influence me. And Alice says, you do have integrity. I mean, does he? He didn't stand up to nap at all. God, not
0: at all. Like, yeah. You
1: fell at the first hurdle, Ned. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> Alice says they need to expose Nap. An and Liz suggests, well, why don't we hold a press conference? And Ned, uh, for once remembering he's a lawyer, says, <laughs> well, if they sort of publicly accuse an app, um, he could sue them for slander. And then Alice remembers that they know a detective called Cabrini. And I was wondering, did he turn up in one of the many incidents where, like, when the twins were kidnapped or in a coma <laughs> or.
0: Like there's literally any amount of things that could have happened in the last sixty odd books to necessitate a cop being true. on the scene. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure maybe there was someone called Cabrini, but like, yeah, they, they're uh, they're pretty familiar with the cops in this town by now. I would say. <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
1: so uh, Alice suggests, "Why did you tell this Cabrini guy everything?" But Ned points out, "Well, I can't show him the evidence because evidence obtained without a warrant is admissible," but he I mean he Liz is really guilty about that and he's like well if you hadn't got up you wouldn't know anything so it's fine but yeah Alice comes up with a really good idea they could tell they sorry yeah sorry, on. <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry. I, I was trying to make sure I had the right thing yeah but they were they're gonna what was it he was gonna say that he got an anonymous tip um yeah. or that it's from an anonymous source that was reliable that they could then search the office yeah what Maria um, overheard
1: on the phone yeah which would be enough to get a warrant and uh, then there, but the one thing that remains is how can they prove that Mr. Santelli wasn't accepting the bribe? Like that it wasn't, um, you know, you can prove that Nap was guilty, but how can they prove that Santelli was innocent? And Alice says, well, maybe we can do something at the Big Valley tomorrow. And that's as far as our idea goes. So it's not really
0: that great an idea. <laughs> true, but
1: they're they're vibing the two of them like
0: Liz. to true. Them work together. They seem like a team. That's it. They're they're a team again. Yeah, and that's nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Next evening, they head to City Hall, and it's all going down there. <laughs>
0: city hall is all decked out it's uh got red white and blue banners everywhere american flags california state flags there's people everywhere buying balloons and holding kids on their shoulders it's quite the festive atmosphere it sounds like your leaders are
1: there because they're cheering for this
0: of course yes
1: school <laughs> sports mayor mayoral candidates there's nothing they can't cheer <laughs> and uh liz and alice see ned and the other candidates on the steps of city hall and nap approaches them and ned is putting out a show and is greeting them warmly so you know he's uh he's lulling nap into a false sense of security
0: yeah it also seems like liz and and um alice don't really know what the plan is yet though because liz yeah. does ask alice she's like what's he gonna do do you know and Alice is like i'm not sure we'll just wait and see oh look there's jess and it's like Oh, so we have no idea what the plan is and neither do you, obviously. So Ned's just going to wing it, I suppose. I mean,
1: as it, the way it works out, there isn't really a plan. <laughs> Very true. So the cheerleaders appear, and they lead the crowd in a cheer. Jess is living it up because, as they remind us, she loves being the centre of attention and that is putting it mildly. <laughs> and the former, the outgoing mayor introduces the candidates and uh, Liz asks Alice if Ned went to the police and Alice is like, yes, but like, I don't know what happened. Bother asking. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: didn't ask any follow up questions. Don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Well, Ned gives a speech about how great Sweet Valley is. It's basically like one of
0: the many essays Liz has written over the years to win competitions, which are always. Oh my god. It is exactly that. You're so right. This is where she gets it from.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's there for all families, favorite topic of conversation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) But then there's a twist in Ned's speech. Uh, Yeah, so he, yeah, because he's all talking about how amazing the town is. But then he's like, you know, unfortunately, those fine qualities that make Sweet Valley so special and attract so many wonderful people here also attract some not so fine people. Um, So he warns that there's people who would exploit this town if they had the opportunity. Um, And he's like, you know, you you think it couldn't happen here. And we want to believe that economic development will always progress sanely and sensibly in Sweet Valley. But unless we're sharp enough to spot the sharks among us, we'll be gobbled up like so many other towns in California. But apparently this is very dramatic because the whole crowd goes quiet uh, and everybody's hanging on his every word.
1: <laughs> and he says, there was one man who knew what was going on. He saw behind the <laughs> false promises and the comfortable lies and he refused to play the game. He suffered for it, ladies and gentlemen. He suffered terribly. And he pauses dramatically and says, I'm talking about Peter Santelli. He played the ultimate price for decency and integrity in this city. City?
0: Is it a city? Oh, no, it's not. I
1: don't think so. Uh, and everyone gasps as Ned is really getting into it. He's pounding his fist on the podium <laughs> and saying that Peter wouldn't play the game, but he himself didn't know I was only a pawn being manipulated by someone craftier than myself.
0: <laughs> it seems like it wouldn't take much to be craftier oh. than Ned Wakefield, though. <laughs> <laughs> Very little. <laughs> so Lizzie's uh, somebody sneaking out through the crowd. Yeah, James Knapp is making a bit of a getaway because he was at first he looked furious and then he looked a bit frightened. Uh, so he, he tries to uh, to make an exit.
1: And Liz pursues him, but uh, she doesn't need to because she sees him talking to a certain Cabrini, whose officer Cabrini is reading of his rights. <gasps> Takes him off in a police car. Oh my God, just like that. And then Ned has one final announcement.
0: Oh God, yeah, I mean... I guess so he says that um he wants them he wants everyone to know that he will never give them a reason to doubt his motives or his decisions and everyone's like yeah amazing and then he goes because I'm withdrawing from the race <gasps> and the crowd hushes <laughs> so he says he can't go on with honour and the whole audience is still shocked into silence <laughs> oh my god this is so ridiculous and very slowly, one person began to clap. Then another joined in, and another, and soon everyone was clapping and stamping their feet and cheering. You <laughs> got a slow clap. The bill
1: Magnet! Magnificent!
0: Oh, they're such a bunch of losers. They
1: really are. And to add to the drama, Elizabeth sees Ned stride purposefully down the steps. One person was shoving away
0: through the crowd to him. Who could it be? Oh, her heart soars when she sees it's her mother and they meet in a fierce embrace. Hooray. Hooray. Reunited and
1: it feels so good. <laughs> and that's it for the Wakefield Marriage Problems.
0: All done. <laughs> all it took was some political intrigue.
1: <laughs> like, no marriage counselling, obviously. Not at all. <laughs> we cut to election night and the campaign office is a hub of excitement because Peter Santelli is back in the race and is the overwhelming thing mean, to
0: win. With surely only days to go at this stage. Like, a little while ago, they said there was only two weeks to the election and then it's like, what, you could just drop out and be replaced by the previous candidate with, like, five days to go? <laughs> I mean, none of none of this adds up at all. But look... No.
1: Well, it turns out that conveniently uh, Knapp confessed all in order to throw as much blame as possible onto Cy Robertson and Peter Santelli has been declared completely innocent.
0: Oh, hooray. His name is cleared and maybe people will start being nice to Maria again in school, the bunch of that assholes. That
1: is literally what happens, I think. So, uh, yeah, the results come in. He's winning in a landslide and the four Wakefields have a group hug, like Jessica gives a shit about any of this. <laughs> They're back together. Santelli winning. Doesn't care. No... <laughs> I guess she feels she's like part of something exciting that might please Maybe? her.
0: I guess. I don't know. God. Well, next day in the cafeteria,
1: everyone's excited about Maria being part of Sweet Valley's first family. And I hope she sticks it to all the pricks who ignored her and treated her like an outcast at the beginning of this book.
0: I mean, she should, but like, mm. I don't think she will. You're too good for them, Maria.
1: And Liz is even happier because Ned is moving home that very day. No. Oh. And everybody else is saying how, you know, how this is really nice and oh it's so romantic they got back together. But one person's congratulations doesn't sound so sincere.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's uh our, our fave, <laughs> other fave, that is uh, Dana Larson yes. is at the table, but she looks really downcast about the whole thing. Um and Marie is like, Oh, don't you think it's romantic? And Dana's all cynical, and she's like, I don't believe in romance. <laughs> yeah, so
1: we were reminded of how cool she is, right? She's in the droids and that she's apparently prone to dramatic statements. And she says she doesn't believe in love. Oh my god. Shocks Liz. and uh, Liz wonders if there's a way to convince Dana that she was wrong and that's the end of the parent
0: plot oh my god yeah it was dramatic it it was there was twists and turns I didn't see coming I will say that I
1: don't see the Mr. Collins Alice thing coming at all
0: oh was delighted by it and so surprised so good
1: <laughs> i mean it had uh, sneaking it had spying it had just being a psychopath it had a trip to a restaurant which allowed me to vicariously go to a restaurant which is you know cl- clutching at straws here
0: <laughs> we will take what we can get <laughs> it's so long. uh
1: it had um twin versus twin always good
0: Always good for uh, for a bit of drama. Uh, we had some OTG action oh, that wasn't yeah. all that wasn't all you know our own doing because he did say happy as a clam, which really lends itself to he a bit did. of OTG. And that
1: sort of made me retrospectively think this is all been a bit OTG. So I so- <laughs> again, I have to take my pleasures where I can. Uh, <laughs> That's
0: um, very true. I, was
1: I am. I do apologize to our listeners for sounding like I was hypocritically judging people who go on about their cats as I proceeded to go on about, go on about not even my cat just a neighbouring cat named, <laughs> weird flat cat I've like, given a name stolen from Bob's Burgers too so yeah uh, <laughs> yeah there's a I mean really we have been in lockdown for a very long time so please excuse this lack <laughs> of insanity.
0: we're all losing our mind at different intervals here <laughs>
1: we really are well to bring us back to uh the the here and now and cold hard facts do you have any stats and outfits for us
0: i have some okay so the blonde hair only got two mentions i know the blue green eyes got one mention but again you know we had a book recently with no mentions at all so at least you know we weren't in that kind of desert um Amanda Mason is called pretty three times within like one paragraph (laughs) when Jessica is talking about her. It's a lot. Um, And then there's like, yeah, people are always like saying things in a bright voice or brightening as they're talking. And that happens like five times. So there's a lot of very bright action going on there. and It's mostly the twins. Wow. Yeah, that is a, that is a lot. It is, isn't it? Um, but then, yeah, really no outfits to speak of at all. Like literally that blue blouse that Alice didn't wear was the only thing that got mentioned. But then again, I don't think we can be too cross because the last book absolutely murdered us with outfits. Oh so it does God. kind of balance out.
1: <laughs> face princess outfit was...
0: that. That is going to keep me going for quite some time, I will say. That was <laughs> astonishing.
1: So I guess that's still pretty good. Mm, it is, yeah. Um, well, listeners, what do you think? Uh, were you team Jessica? Were you team Liz? Do you think that Mr. Collins and uh, Alice should have got together? Mr. Collins' stepfather? <gasps> Imagine! I'm surprised they didn't actually
0: do that for a book, or like get some more out of it, maybe. Yeah, really, kind of. Yeah, get get some more, um, get some more storyline out of good old Roger. Hmm.
1: Um. But uh, by the way, speaking of Mr. Collins, we've been told by uh, several, uh, several listeners that certain podcast players are showing, um, are (laughs) listing like topics that are included in this episode. (laughs) And they are taking a, they are showing photos or suggesting
0: photos of a very different Mr. Collins. Yeah, pretty much the opposite of the one that we discuss in our podcast. So oh yeah, what God. keeps getting I think is it on Google Podcasts. Maybe they end up tagging yes. the character of uh, of Mr. Collins from Pride and Prejudice.
1: <laughs> Indeed,
0: but more particularly the one from the um, from the Colin Firth um yes, version classics, and like five
1: like, version
0: yes yeah so uh so that dude absolutely not so basically um yeah the opposite of him is what we're talking about
1: <laughs> very much so. we all know it's a young Robert Redford come on
0: it's true yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well uh another listener uh reverse of a comeback at craft craft crafty uh sent us a photo of a shop window and said I tell you I gasped Sadly, it's not, it's just a brand and not the shop name, but still, that brand is
0: Lissette. Oh, fantastic. That was, it was very exciting. Again, we're in lockdown, so anything is exciting right now, but that was a particularly satisfying <laughs> one. I was very, very
1: <laughs> impressed by that. So, yeah. uh, yes, we, we had a lot of information about cots. So it was hmm. confirmed that a cot is like a, you know, a spare a camp bed, camp bed yeah. and not a baby's bed. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, we, we always love hearing from you and you know how to get in touch with us. You can contact us at Twitter at svhpodcast.
0: You can send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. And of
1: course, you can find us on Instagram where Karen is doing sterling work. If you haven't seen her Irish language <laughs> covers that she posted last week for St. Patrick's Day, it is amazing.
0: I had some time on my hands, I won't lie. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's another side kind of thing of lockdown. It's, uh, you know, things of <laughs> roundabouts, really. Pluses and minuses.
0: Yeah, whoever thought I'd be there photoshopping a La Latina onto oh. <laughs> book three of Sweet Valley High.
1: <laughs> Latina, indeed.
0: <laughs> on a tear fad.
1: <laughs> and actually, Instagram is also a place where you can hear little snippets of our Pi Beta Alpha episodes that might... Uh, tantalize you into uh, into giving uh, giving us a try signing up for just 5 euro a month at headstuffpodcasts.com uh you know where to go and again you can choose whether you want to just support us or spread your donation over your favorite uh, fellow headstuff podcasts but whatever you do you will get Pi Beta Alpha. That is an extra episode between main episodes, so you will not have to go more than a week without some Sweet Valley maps.
0: And I mean, it's the best kind of madness, really.
1: <laughs> and by the way, I've just realised I don't think you read us out. I didn't.
0: Oh, you're right. I didn't. Um, Can you read yeah, us? Plot. I can indeed, but uh we might not be jumping immediately to the love bet, but I'll I'll do the little readout all, all the same. Um so yeah, so we had yes, Dana saying she doesn't believe in love. So our reading out tagline is can Elizabeth change Dana's mind about love? Find out in Sweet Valley High number sixty-eight, the love bet.
1: Well, I am very much looking forward to that. But I'm looking forward to something else, as Karen hinted just there. Because as our next episode is going to be coming out just the week after Easter, we thought we'd uh, have a little spring fling, so to speak.
0: Mm, let's get seasonal with it.
1: Yes, we're going to come down with spring fever.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, hang on now. Spring fever is the one in Kansas. Are we going there or are we going to France?
1: Uh, no, we're going to France, but it's not... Oh, that's spring break. <laughs> sorry, I literally had to, to stand up. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs>
0: We tried to we tried to get the right title before recording, and we still managed to mess it up.
1: I think we have learned that unless, like, two words, unless they're written in front of me during these sessions, I will forget them. So.
0: It's just not going to happen
1: otherwise. Not this year.
0: <laughs> um yeah so spring break the twins go to france it's going to be amazing yeah it'll be the nearest thing we get to a forward holiday this year so very true we're going to live vicariously through the wakefields i think words we never thought we'd actually say but uh, there we go it's come to this
1: worryingly uh <laughs> our yes listeners we will see some of you in the pie beta clubhouse next week and we will see everybody in two weeks when we find out what happens when les jumeaux, no, les jumelles (gasps) Mm Wakefields go um, across the Atlantic and enjoy a very special et très français (laughs) spring break. (sighs) It's going to be good. See that, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye.